Yes, that is right. So welcome everybody on in to the Saturday Night Network for week number five of our countdown of the greatest cast members in SNL history. My name is John Schneider from the SNN. Very excited to be back with you. This is a great time if you are an SNL fan because we got season 49 right around the corner and we are doing something really special here where we have been counting down week by week the cast members as voted by you of the greatest of all time. And we are getting there. We're going to write up towards some of the greats of the greats. And I'm very pumped to get to break down four more cast members this week with two very special guests talking to them for the first time in a while on the podcast. I feel like, you know, this is the time when a new season starts, all my friends come back on the show. So very excited to catch up with both of them. So let me bring in Kalina Steckel. Kalina, how are you? I am so excited to be here and cannot be more thrilled that we have a season to talk about soon. Yes, for sure. So I, I will get let you guys know the schedule coming up where we talk about 49. So we're going to hold off another couple of days till we get all of the information about 49 to do that. But tonight we're here for the countdown. And joining us is another great guest. That would be Dave Buckman from Cold Town Theater. Dave Buckman, how are you? Uh, great. There's not many people I would uh, put a Phillies wildcard game on pause to uh, appear on their podcast. But you, John, are a very special man. Right. Well, they're up in the series. If they're down in the series, I feel like you'd have to watch it. But if they're up in the series, <laughs> I think you're good. But uh, thanks, Dave. I, I appreciate that. Uh, you're doing well. The theater's doing well. We're doing good. We just signed for two more years, so we'll be in that space for two more years. All right. Congratulations on that. Very excited to get to hear that. All right. Let's get down to business for tonight. So basically, first things first, I want to update all of the listeners on the podcast schedule so you know when to find us. So on Wednesday night of this week, I'll be back here at 8 p.m. Eastern to do our preseason roundtable where we will talk to some special guests about the season 49, preview new cast members, potentially some new writers, talk about the new host coming up, what we can expect to see this season. So all of that talk will be on Wednesday, Thursday night will be very fun. We'll be back here one night later for our preseason cast draft. All 17 cast members will be drafted this was an absolute blast last year. We followed along all season long. We're going to do that again on Thursday, Saturday night, hot take show right after the premiere with Pete Davidson and Ice Spice. So all week long, we'll be with you and then we'll get things going with our roundtable by the numbers next week. And the countdown will be next on 10 days from now, next Thursday, October 19th, where we will get into the top 30 on the countdown. We also have some fun patron shows that we're planning. I will let you know about those on Wednesday on our roundtable. So if you want to become a patron or you are a patron, you'll get to hear about all of our new patron programs that we have coming up for season 49. All right. So let's get down to business. Thus far, we have revealed 16 names on the list of greatest cast members of all time. I got to know from Kalina and from Dave who they feel really deserve to be on the list if they feel like the listeners got things right so far. So I'm going to put up the list and I'm going to ask them what they think. So here we go. Here are the first 16 cast members we've revealed in the first few weeks of the show. Kalina, I'm going to start with you. How do you feel about the names that have been on the list so far? Did the listeners get it right? Pretty solid list. Um, there are immediately some that I'm a little bit surprised to see this low. So it's it makes me that much more curious to see you know like who's who? going to get higher. Like Beck Bennett, I think I think Beck Bennett um, and and very personally Bowen Yang, I would have had probably quite a bit higher on the list. But then again, there's there's so many incredible people to go through that this is the most impossible list anyway. 
So even though that's my initial reaction at the same time, there's not really wrong answers here either way. Fair enough. Dave, how do you feel about the list so far, the first 16 cast members we have revealed? Well, obviously, Parnell's my number one, uh, so uh, he's way too low for me. Uh, Lovitz, you know, he, I think he saved Silent Live. He's one of the few people that kind of saved Silent Live from uh, cancellation, so I think he goes much higher than that. Um, Jimmy Fallon, not my cup of tea, but, you know, his his output is just phenomenal. Definitely should be higher. Uh, and I think uh, uh, Kevin Nealon should be a little bit higher than 50, but um, he's on the list. Yeah, yeah, that I agree with. We'll talk about my rankings a little bit later in the show. Dave, when you evaluate cast members and talk about one versus another, is there a criteria that you tend to follow? Um, I think for me, it's just like a personal thing. Like who who hit me the best? Who had an output that is memorable? Um, who, when I look back on their era, stands out? And uh, who really um, dominated the seasons they were on, as well as putting out quality uh, work? and had an impact on not only on their season, but on the show itself. Kalina, what about you? What are your, the criteria that you look at when you're evaluating one cast member versus another? I try to avoid having too much era bias, meaning like focusing on cast members that are of my time, either the, you know, the seasons I started watching and really like developed my love and passion for SNL, or if it's people that are a little bit more current, where the sketches are so much more fresh and present in my mind. So I try to be a little bit more expansive. And then for my criteria, I I do kind of look for people who are, I think, a little bit more all-encompassing, because while I think, you know, players who have like a niche or one really great impression or one really great thing they can do is part of what makes SNL so fun. I also do think there's value if you can be the impression guy, but you could also play the straight man or you can also be the physical comedy person. So there's um there's a lot I go through, to be honest. It's, it's not easy to, to make the ranking on my personal list. Yeah, it, this is really tough. And I had some I had a very tough time today thinking about where I'm going to place the people from tonight because I think we got an interesting group of cast members to reveal. So let's start that right now. And let's go ahead with number 34 on the list. And this is a cast member that I absolutely loved when they were on the show. And they were they were unique in a way because they had different eras of their time on the show. This person was on for that long, 13 seasons, in fact, on the show from 2001 to 2014, including Weekend Update from 2006 to 2014. And that would be Seth Meyers coming in at number 34. You may know him uh, from his time as head writer as well. I mean, wrote a lot of sketches. Do you factor that in in your criteria when you are evaluating a cast member? That's an interesting factor here. Did 253 episodes. That's good for third all time. I mean, longevity for sure checks that box here. Uh, 1.98 sketches per episode. That's something interesting that we're going to talk about here because he is he was the Weekend Update guy for the majority of his career, also hosted once. So some interesting things to look at. A different discussion we're going to have about Seth versus some of the other cast members because he was solely focused for so long on Update. So Dave, I know you've had a relationship with Seth outside of you know just watching him on the show. So I want to know what you think of him as a cast member and our evaluation of Seth here, the listeners putting him at 34. Yeah, uh, I know Seth pretty well from Boom Chicago. We were both uh, uh, working at uh, Boom Chicago roughly the same time. He would come back a lot. So I spent a lot of time um, on a personal level with Seth. And, uh, you know, he has always from the get-go from his days at Improv Olympic and at Boom Chicago, he's always been one of the most organized comedians I've ever met in my life. And um, and 
he drove Weekend Update. He uh, not only did he do Weekend Update, but he also appeared in sketches, and he also was the head writer at the same time. So his impact is huge, and there, you know, some of the best uh, uh, performers of all time also wrote for themselves. You know, people like Lovitz and Will Ferrell, um, uh, and uh, and Tina. But you know, and that's that's why Seth is so good, is because not only was he writing for himself, he wrote a lot for other people too. So incredibly valuable to anybody that appeared on Weekend Update uh, during his time there. Uh, those are his little sketches, little desk, desk pieces are sketches um, that he just like a plain straight person. And that was what Seth was so excellent at, you know, his, his skills involve reading very, copy very fast, uh, knowing how to um, fix jokes and uh, being a, a plain uh, background for an absurd character. And his, he just excels at that. And uh, I, I think it should go much higher just because of the impact he's had on the show. Very interesting. Not just because he's a friend. Uh, that's that's fair, but I'm interested, Kalina. Do you feel differently, or do you agree with Dave here? How do you feel about Seth? No, I, I completely agree with Dave, and I'm I'm a little biased because Seth, for whatever reason, was kind of the person that like pulled my focus when I was first getting into SNL, and like very specifically, my friend and I, who kind of got into it with me so many years ago, we loved the hugs at the end. That was just our favorite part of SNL. Like we were so insistent on never falling asleep because we didn't want to miss the hugs. And we always talked about how Seth just looked like he gave best hugs. And so he was like a person that I fixated on and paid attention to. And so that, that really made me be mindful of update and then learn how much he was contributing to the show and understanding that he was head writer and, and kind of the ripple effect of what that entailed. And I then would go back and, you know, seasons prior to when I had started watching regularly, seeing the time where he was a sketch performer as well. Um, he is such an, to me, he's such an oddball sketch performer because I think that he knew that wasn't the lane that he drove fastest in, but he did have something to contribute. Personally, always got a laugh out of me, but he just has such an intelligent mind and, and clearly has such like a capable work ethic for doing something like head writer and like sitting behind the update desk that I think he was placed performing initially and then kind of found his route and, and really found where he was supposed to be for his run on the show. So agreeing with Dave, I think longevity and impact has major considerations here. I personally would have him higher just for that alone because I think his voice and his mind really framed and, and like shaped the show for a good long while during his tenure. And he does give good hugs. Oh, I can confirm. <laughs> That's very I funny. can too. He does give good hugs. <laughs> <laughs> I have not hugged Seth yet, so I'll let you guys know. Uh, but, you know, you said it, Kalina, longevity and legacy really, really high up for me. When I look at cast members, I've been saying this every week, there's a few factors that I really, really you know, dive deep into. One is, were you built in a lab to be on SNL? I think that Seth is my first case of somebody who I don't think was actually built for Saturday Night Live. I think he is the quarterback of one of the greatest eras in SNL history. He is so perfect to host Weekend Update. He himself has admitted that he is not the greatest sketch performer in other types of sketches. So out of all the cast members and all the great ones we've spoken about so far, is he the best? You know, like, was he naturally built for this? I don't know. But I do think the things that he does well, he absolutely excels at. 
From an analytics perspective, he has the longevity. But even when he was in sketches prior to him being on Weekend Update, his sketch per episode ratio, so not the one you see on screen for his entire career as a cast member, but before he was a Weekend Update anchor, was 3.23. So pretty decent, but not in the fours or the fives with some of the other greats. So I don't think we can kill him on analytics because obviously he earned the job of Weekend Update anchor. He was head writer. He couldn't be like some of the other update anchors and in a million sketches. But I don't know that he has the high highs of some of the other people we've spoken about. So look, in terms of likability, I love Seth Meyers. I think he made, you know, really had a major impact in making the era what it was. But truth be told, I am having a lot of trouble figuring out how to place him above some of the other people we've spoken about so far. So Dave, convince me otherwise. Yeah, it's, this list is not the best sketch performers of all time. This is the best cast members of all time. If I'm not mistaken, this is cast members. Well, right? it's all encompassing, right? So it is sketch performers. It is yeah, it's like sure. how do you, how do you decide? So all that. Has, you yeah. can't you can't base it all on just on sketch performing. Fair he enough. writes. He writes for himself. He writes for other people. He organizes the sketches. He writes the uh, you know edits. The weekend update jokes. He is a cast member that is more than just a sketch performer, and he's the glue uh, for so many generations. Um, and bringing up, you know, uh, drunk uncle, all of Bobby Monahan's um, uh, uh, weekend update pieces, all of Kristen Wiig's weekend update pieces, all of Sedegas's weekend update pieces. He is writing and performing in those sketches that other people are getting credit for. He's keeping the rhythm and the timing and probably the writing for the most part of those sketches. So for me, as a cast member, he goes much higher than just sketch performer. Sketch performer, he might take a knockdown to bring his average down, but all the other things that go into being a cast member, through the roof. Okay. All right. I like that. Kalina, what do you think of this debate we're having? Uh, again, I, I fully agree with everything that Dave is saying, and I, I think it's also worth noting that, in my opinion, Seth was not someone who tried to be the, the guy that he wasn't or the thing that he wasn't. Like, I don't feel like he tried out a bunch of impressions that just consistently bombed. I don't feel like he tried really hard to make himself likable to be the sketch performer. And I think, I think being able to edit yourself in addition to how Dave is saying how he edited other people, he edited himself and what he was able to contribute to the show. And then to your point, John, viewing him as the quarterback of the era, right? I mean, what an important job. And, and especially as it relates to Weekend Update, which I think I could speak for us uh, all when I say that there are, there are such clear versions of Weekend Update in our minds, right? Like people who really led it and how different it was and how it continued to evolve and how the people who were either heading it by writing or who were just the faces of Weekend Update, how different it was and how they kind of molded that to their own. But Seth is also part of what is my favorite era of all time of SNL, of, of those players and, and those kind of sketches. And going along again with Dave's point, like he was the guy kind of steering the ship. You know, I, I think playing the reliable support is just as important as being the leading frontman. And I just, I, I would maybe challenge you in this debate to question what that beloved era would be like if we didn't have Seth coming the ship. Totally, totally agree with that. And I, it's, a, it's so many great points because, you know, one of the things that I really love about what we call the third go- golden era, which is Seth's era, is that 
unlike any other era at the show, it radiates on screen how much these cast members enjoy being on the screen with each other. And I, I do credit Seth for that because I think as a leader behind the scenes, he creates a culture that lifts each other up. Like I don't see, like SNL is a naturally competitive environment. I've heard, you know, Fred and Bill and, and Will and Andy, like I've heard all, Kristen, them all talk about how like under the tutelage of Seth and working with him as a head writer, it really felt like there was support in a way during that era that I don't think we saw before and I don't know if we've seen since. I, I really feel that this is, uh, it is a special thing that Seth brought to Update and to SNL itself that you may not be able to quantify with him versus other cast members. So I do want to celebrate him and talk about some moments that we really love from Seth Meyers' career. So, um, you know, Dave, were there moments for you that really stand out for somebody who's like, oh, I got to go back and check out more of Seth's work? Oh, definitely Pranksters. If you haven't seen that with Christopher Walken, it's fantastic. Um, uh, the Peter O'Toole uh, uh, thing with um, Jude Law was fantastic. Um, but I, I still think like his work with you know Drunk Uncle, the one where um, Kristen's playing the flirt flirtation <laughs> yeah. uh, expert, is his work is phenomenal there. All the Stefans, um, uh, and you know he also doesn't get as much credit as he should for the. Um, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler uh, press conference sketch that he wrote. Um, I think, you know, I did have a conversation with Seth once where he was, um, you know, lamenting the fact he never had that, like that huge generational sketch that, you know, the one that you would always see on uh, best ofs or retrospectives. And I said, well, Seth, you wrote, you wrote one, you wrote one. (laughs) It was that one. I mean, you'll never get to see a Saturday Night Live best of montage without, um, that Palin and Hillary Clinton uh, press conference. I mean, that, for me, that that's just as good as cowbell. Yeah, I I agree with you completely. Kalina, what about you? Any moments from Seth's career that you want to point out to the fans? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Stefan, Seth, and Stefan is is so like foundational to me in in my love of SNL and I don't know that I've ever cried harder than when they got married (laughs) (laughs) one of my favorite moments of all time um I also love like Little Sleuths is a sketch that will always make me laugh um I don't believe it's on the list but one that I frequently go back to is the Harry Potter sketch with Lindsay Lohan he kills me in that he is so funny his voice is also you know something that really contributes like his his high pitch that he can get his voice up to is something that is always a guarantee for a laugh um yeah I I I don't know I like I I could just get off the soapbox now because I'll just sit here and like talk about why I think he's so great and how much I love him but there's there's not anything not to love about this guy honestly the uh, the the Harry Potter sketch was written by uh, Joe Kelly, who writes on uh, Ted Lasso at the time. Not many people know that, but that was a Joe Kelly sketch, and who was also a Boom Chicago alumni. So there's a connection there. And I also want to point people if you haven't seen his work in Cork Soakers, well, so great. <laughs> yeah, that's an all timer. Um, you know, I, I've heard. I, I think we were discussing internally earlier today about how Jim Downey mentioned, I'm going to say that that this was on Conan's podcast a couple of weeks ago. Jim Downey mentioned that Seth Meyers uh, was just by far the best at working with other cast members on screen on the update desk. Like that he was just, there's never going to be anybody who could just play to the characters 
besides him. And you see that evident with Stefan, who is, you know, voted by you, you, the fans as like the greatest character in SNL history. Well, you know, Seth has a huge role in that. So him and all of the update people that he had throughout his time there, uh, I just think that you have to, we have to credit him for all of that stuff. So uh, for me, that was uh, really great. And I also want to point out, I mean, really with Seth and Amy, I mean, to me, that was like so foundational for me with falling in love with comedy. Like, um, I, I, you know, it's interesting when I looked up and we do this every week, we talk about where Rolling Stone ranked these cast members back at SNL 40, whether you like the list or not. Rolling Stone actually had Seth at 28 back in SNL 40 times. They said that he was, uh, he had the trademark niceness, but he unleashed his bitchy side with really. And I actually sort of agree with them there. I haven't agreed with a lot of things that they said, but I I sort of agree that uh, Seth comes off so nice on screen. But when he wants to like turn it on and be biting, he really can. And that is what made me, you know, go from just being a fan of his to just like falling in love with watching Weekend Update every week during his tenure. So uh, for me, that's what makes him special and what makes him deserve this spot on the list here. And uh, we will go over at the end of the podcast where I ranked him versus some of the others we mentioned already. Uh, Kalina, you wanted to mention other things. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly add another thing that really seals the deal for me with him is he always seems like he is just having so much fun. I think there are some cast members that are, they get into such like a zone of of their work ethic, right? Like they're really focused on their thing or what they're doing or, you know, not missing a a single word of of the script or, or whatever it is that sometimes you almost kind of remember that they're just geniuses at work, right? And you almost don't see like the joy that comes with the pressure of doing this job. And I particularly think to update how Seth was just always like giggling through his lines. And especially I think when he was paired with Kristen Wiig, how she always got like such a laugh out of him. And it, it really like eases me into whatever they're talking about or whatever's going on when I feel like the people that I'm watching are having just as much fun doing it as I am watching it. Dave, final words on Seth and him as a cast member and any other anecdotes you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've I've been I've seen him do a couple wedding toasts and I've seen him do a couple roasts and he he has a very strong bitchy streak. He knows how to be vicious when he wants to be and it's very good. He's very good at it. I'll add this. Um the uh the month before he went to Silent Live, um Boom Chicago was in Edinburgh and there was a house that I was staying in with Seth and Ike Barinholtz and Brenton Hunt uh, and Jordan Peele. And we were all there uh, uh, doing this um, show in Edinburgh. And um, I had to borrow, I was the artistic director at the time. So I had to borrow Seth's laptop. I didn't have a laptop because it was like 2000, 2001. Um, and uh, I had to borrow Seth's laptop uh, just to check some email. And uh, I noticed his folders were meticulous and organized and like it, I'd never seen a comedian with that much like focused energy about around organization of his material and his work. As this, this, this guy's been going so far, so far, and he has. That's that's amazing. Thanks for sharing that. That's so great to hear. All right, well, Seth Meyers comes in here at thirty-four. Let's talk about who we have next at 33. So, you know, I actually think there's some things in common between these two cast members, Seth Meyers, and the next one. Longevity, absolutely. And at one point, pivoted from being pivoted from being one thing on the show to another thing. So let's talk about 
one of the most fascinating cast members in SNL history, and that would be Daryl Hammond here at number 33, 14 seasons on the show, uh, 267 episodes, just incredible longevity. I mean, this guy was around for so long, blending multiple eras, 874 sketches, good for sixth all time, and the show's current announcer. So you want to talk about legacy, Daryl definitely has it at the show. We got to talk to Daryl Hammond earlier in the year on the podcast. And it was the most fascinating conversation. I think if I retired tomorrow, I would still say, if somebody came out to me and said, what was your most fascinating conversation you ever had on the podcast? I would say it was with Daryl Hammond, who was an interview unlike I've ever had with anybody else, where he talks about his mindset and how he prepared for the show like he was the kicker on a football team, <laughs> meaning that he knew he had a very specific role and he was going to dominate at that role on the show. And he did. I think here at 33, Daryl Hammond, very questionable place on the list because he, like, if you're if you're gonna go over like what makes a great SNL cast member, the fact that they can do impressions is a huge factor. And I don't know that there was anybody better at doing impressions than Daryl Hammond, who shaped how we viewed political figures among many other pop culture ones. So for me, Daryl Hammond at 33 is a fascinating member of the list here. Kalina, what do you think about Daryl Hammond and his place on the list? That was also my first response was that he was pretty low. And, and I have to admit that um, right around 2009 is when I identified that I really started like fully getting to SNL, like never miss a week kind of getting into SNL. And so he was kind of at the tail end of when I was entering, you know, my relationship with Saturday Night Live. And I was uh, in preparation for this. I was kind of just going over like some of his most popular sketches and going through all his impressions and not even like comprehending the amount that he had done or like the amount of older episodes that I had watched and not even having clocked that it was him because he did such a phenomenal job and really like blended away into the character that he was playing. I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like when you hear his name, you do just think of him as the impression guy, which I totally agree. Like that's, that's kind of the baseline for being a cast member, right? Like not everyone pays attention as to whether or not they're the writer, but they're going to pay attention to if they made them laugh or if they were able to accurately play the person they're presenting on screen. And so I feel like for this to kind of be, you know, his wheelhouse, that's, that's what makes him um, one of the best. So I, I'm really surprised to see him this low, but again, going with what I said earlier, we have so many people to go through that at the same time, like there's no wrong answer. There's no wrong placement. You know, it's, it's fascinating. Absolutely. Dave, so curious your thoughts on Daryl Hammond as a cast member. Where do you feel like he ranks in your mind just because he was so unique? Criminally, this is criminally low. He should be top 15 easily. I mean, is this, who has more impressions than 110 impressions? Keenan. That's ridiculous. That would be it. Keenan has more impressions? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's probably the amount of seasons, you know, six more seasons. Anyway, um, I think the weird, the weird thing is is uh, the 14 seasons divided by the seven characters uh, is uh, a half a character per season. So um, I don't know. I, that seems weird to me. That, um, but they didn't really give him much to do, especially uh, in sketches. It was all impressions. But just a phenomenal, a phenomenal, uh, uh, run of impressions um you can always count on him to open the show you can always count on him to be the news anchor you can always count on him to 
come up with uh, uh, voices that you hadn't heard before. Uh, very Bill Hader in that way, where he would go deep for some obscure impressions that were usually spot on. And uh, and his work now on the show too. I mean, he's still there. I I, I, I this is this is way too low for me. I completely agree. He is way too low for me as well here. He was just so good at the specific thing that he did. And he comes on SNL in 1995 at a time where they really, really needed someone like Daryl. Like everyone talks and well-deserved about how Will Ferrell saved the show in a way and how important he was. But Daryl worked so well at doing something so specific where he really just brought political humor back to the show in his ability to play the president. Uh, it always felt like, you know, like if this was a sports team, like you have to pay Daryl every single season because you need him on the team. He's so valuable in terms of his flexibility and they would send him home. He would watch the tapes of somebody and come back and just do them like completely perfectly. And it, it was incredible. And I think that he is the gold standard for an impressionist on the show. And I think if you were to go to somebody now like James Austin Johnson and ask him like, who would he like what type of career he'd love to have? I think it would be very interesting how he would relate himself to Daryl Hammond on the show. And we joked about how he's like a little bit of a blend between Dana and Daryl. But I just think that anybody to have Daryl's career on the show would be fascinating. Now, the interesting thing is that once his original era passes by and Daryl stays on the show, he really stops being in sketches except for impressions. And that is a little bit of a knock, depending on how you look at it, right? Because it was always like, okay, we actually have a season here of, you know, Seth and Amy and Bill and Forte and Sudeikis and, and Fred and Kristen and then... Maya and and then Daryl's just there to be in one or two things a night and then not be in any of the other sketches and is when you look at that if you were watching this how do you feel about that do you feel like that you know puts him down the list potentially is that why he's here at 33 on the list but I will say for me like some of the greats like uh Clinton Gore Sean Connery uh Regis Donahue like there are a lot of really really great ones that we have to talk about here. So, uh, Dave, I want to ask you, what are your, some of your favorite Daryl Hammond moments? Um, well, I just want to just speak about the impressions. I mean, all, not just the ones we know, but like the obscure ones, like learning how to do a Tim Russert, learning how to do a Richard Oshcroft, like just ob obscure cabinet, uh, uh, to the most, to, to most people, obscure cabinet, uh, members, just phenomenal to even get their voice. Perfect. My favorite Daryl Mo Hammond moment is, I guess it's press, press briefing when he comes out as uh, Clinton after uh, the Senate chose not to convict the impeachment. And he just walks to the front of the microphone and goes, I am bulletproof and just walks away. And that was the whole sketch. Um, I love that moment so much. It was so funny. And, and I remember laughing out loud, deadly laughing uh, when that hit. And I think that's my favorite, but of course all the hard balls are fantastic. All those Phil Donahue's were fantastic. And um, I just really enjoy somebody who can technically deliver impressions on that proficient of a level. And if you're a Saturday night uh, satirical sketch show, I mean, you, you need that guy in your back pocket. And when he's there, the show's going to be taken care of. And of course, let's, I mean, first of all time saying live for New York at Saturday Night Live, if that doesn't up your, the trust that the show has in you and your ability to, uh, contribute as a cast member that I don't know. I don't know what would. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, right? Like from an analytics perspective, he is the person who has said live from New York most in the history of the show. Kate's one behind him, but still has that record right now and has had it for a very long time. So he just crushed the cold open. So many seasons of the show, you watch an episode of Saturday Night Live and Daryl Hammond is on your screen opening up that episode and preparing you for the night. And that is just such an important role to have on the show. So Kalina, what about you? Any other moments from Daryl Hammond's career that you really love and would recommend? I know it's so obvious, but Sean Connery is just is such a classic. I've said many times on the show that kind of what makes sketches for me or what makes cast members is what are, if I'm going to introduce someone to SNL and I'm going to go on YouTube and I'm going to put together a playlist of 10 sketches, is your sketch going to be on there? And is it going to be because of you or is it going to be because of the sketch overall? And Celebrity Jeopardy, Jeopardy is always going to be like one of those just canon ones, one of those automatic ones. I think also I'm wanting to speak to kind of what both of you were saying, and especially your really great point about where, you know, at a certain point in his tenure there, he was kind of just like the one or two episodes guy. I think part of what makes such a great cast member, and uh, again, why he should be higher on the list, is not only knowing when to take the back seat, but being willing to take the back seat and really being like that back seat support letting the new people be ushered in and do their thing and shine. But like Dave was saying, like be the guy that can be called upon and still be doing your thing. And also to Dave's point about, you know, these kind of obscure like impressions, being the guy that's just willing to be like, you want me to do that? Sure. I'm going to go do it and I'm going to do it perfectly. And even if you have no idea who this person is, I'm going to be so memorable doing it that it's going to resonate with you or it's going to stick in your head or whatever. So I, I, I think just his contribution as a true team player, I think is what makes him really valuable as well. Absolutely. And I know some of you may be thinking, well, part of the reason, uh, you know, he stopped being in so much was because of some of his struggles that he had on a personal level um, outside of the show. And it, it definitely, uh, you know, bled into the show a little bit. And, you know, he's been open and talked about that, how he's had like a very, you know, he's had a lot of struggles in his life. And, and he's really like found a way to come out the other side of that. And, and I think that uh, where once we may have looked at Daryl Hammond and said, okay, well, we're going to take a away from our view of his career because of the fact that he had to miss some episodes, um, you know, to deal with personal matters and stuff like that. Um, you know, now in like 2023, I think we could look at that as a strength being like, you know, you're like a human being, you deal with all this stuff. And, and he still managed to do incredible things on the show. And it, it, it's a fascinating, like psychological thing to evaluate, to look at somebody like Daryl, who felt the most comfortable, not as himself, but as the characters he played or as the impressionists that he did. I think that is uh, what makes him a great, great sketch performer and why he checks that box for me as like being built to be on SNL is that for the right impressionist at the right time, um, it, it made SNL really return to form and that is why I think Daryl Hammond to me, I think Dave said top 15. It'll be interesting to see where I place him overall once everything is said and done. But he could be, he could be a top 15 cast member and because he's just so brilliant. So uh, let me go and do last words with both of you on Daryl Hammond and his career. So Dave, anything else you'd like to say about Daryl? Uh, I'm just an immense fan of his talent. And um, I always looked forward to seeing him uh, in the sketches and I'm glad he's still a part of SNL. He's doing well and he's there as a mentor uh, for JJ. 
uh, I, I in my fantasy world, that's what's happening. Even right. I'll even I'll even credit him to uh, uh, Seth. Seth on his show has gotten really good at impressions lately, and I like to think maybe it's because he goes to Daryl for help. I don't know. I don't know if that's even true, but uh, that's what I imagine because having him as a resource on how to find an impression is. I if I was Lauren, I'd keep him around the building just for that. Absolutely. Kalina, what about you? Last words on Daryl. Yeah, I think legacy is just the word that comes to mind. You know, legacy in the sense of how he can kind of be this person that people like J.A.J. look up to or potentially people like Seth look up to. The fact that he is still involved in the show and has taken over this, to me, like pivotal role of announcer, you know? I mean, like the, the voice that leads everything is almost just as important as all the sketches that you're seeing so i think that really speaks to the contributions he made to the show and how fans across all different generations still want him to be part of it and tied to this absolutely i think we can all agree too low on the list uh way too low on rolling stones list back in the day said uh num- he was number 49 and on their list and they only said uh longest cast member of all time at the time uh, yeah, way too low for me. I think this guy uh, has checks all the boxes for putting him in the pantheon of greats at Saturday Night Live. You have to talk about Daryl Hammond to tell the story of the show. So, um, yeah, absolutely. And can't wait to see what everybody else uh, thinks of this when we get your feedback as we keep going. Okay. So, no snafus this time. Let's talk about the next cast member coming up on the list. Uh, in terms of favorites, uh, I loved this cast member every single time I saw them on screen. Was on for six seasons on the show. Had some really fun characters and moments on the show. And I am so excited to get to talk about the great Anna Gasteyer coming in here at number 32 on the list. So Anna Gasteyer here, number 32. Uh, Joined the season one season after Daryl Hammond. So basically Nancy Walls uh, leaves the show. They bring in Anna Gasteyer and she enjoys six great seasons, has some really fun moments in 119 episodes on the show. Uh, Many of you will remember the Culp's uh, Delicious Dish. Of course, she did some impressions as well, Martha Stewart, Hillary Clinton. And she was just a ball of energy, just so much fun to have at the show and really just uh, made for me uh, so many episodes of the show when I got to see what she did. So I'm a big fan of Anna Gasteyer and very excited to get to talk to her about her here at number 32. So Dave, what do you think about Anna as a cast member on the show? Um, I probably would not have put Anna in my top 50. I do enjoy Ooh. her in sketches, but I don't know that um, she made an impact on me as much. Uh, um, but I'm glad to see her on here and getting her due because she's a phenomenal talent and uh, uh, was in a lot of really classic sketches. Interesting. Okay. Kalina, do you feel differently? Do you feel like she deserves to make this top 50? Because that's a pretty that's a hot take from Dave. You know, I I hadn't necessarily thought about it, but as soon as he said it, I was like, you know what? <laughs> he might be onto something there. I like her. A classic, I think, is is the perfect word to use, Dave. I when I think of um, classic SNL, or I think of like the clips that are going to be used in the holiday program, the holiday specials that they do, or again, thinking of like you know my playlist that I want to show people. Sweaty Balls, of course, is always going to be on that playlist. Um, I didn't realize she was only on for six seasons. To me, that seems really low, so that that's interesting to be looking at the stats here. But then seeing that she had she had about half the impressions, a little less um, than what Daryl Hammond had, that's that's a lot, too. Like, 51 is a lot for someone to have. 
um, maybe particularly for a woman as well, who I feel like maybe does not always get to do as many impressions or as, as wide of a range of impressions. So I think her stats alone um, are pretty impressive. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if I would have um, necessarily had her in, in, the, in this, this first half either. That's interesting. Yeah, look, we talked about her cast, like her fellow cast member, Sherry O'Terry, a few weeks ago. And yeah, it's interesting to like talk and compare these two. I mean, Sherry and Anna and Molly Shannon, who hasn't come up yet, if she does on the list. I mean, it, it's interesting because, you know, they are in an era that um, I think they were such strong cast members. But because, you know, what we have following them is, you know, Tina, Amy, Maya, Rachel, and then Cecily, AD, and Kate, it's like, Kristen, obviously, too. I mean, it's just becomes like, it's sort of like, where do they go in your mind? And, um, you know, do they have the ability to dominate? I mean, these are all interesting questions to start to ask yourself. And look, I said, she's she was a really fun ball of energy. I mean, Sherry O'Terry, to me at the time was like the the big ball of energy, you're gonna put her in sketches, she's gonna dominate and take over that. And I think that Anna, in a, in a way, like how I'm always going to remember her time on the show is that she takes over the, she takes over sketches, but she does it in a subtle way where she could say so much with so little. Um, if you guys get what I'm saying, where it's like she is such like a, a calm demeanor, like you watch the Martha Stewart stuff and she'll say things that are she's so quiet in the way that she speaks and says the lines, but they're so well done because she could speak so well. And same thing with Delicious Dish, even with the Culps when she does that, you know, she'll go from basically just like this quiet talking principle into this like loud, crazy singing. And that's what's so good. And, and to me, like, I just think she's a very unique performer in her time on the show and probably underappreciated. So, Dave, were there things that you did, you know, enjoy from your time? You said you enjoyed some of her sketches. What were some of those memories that you did have of Anna? I mean, I do love the Culps. Um, I didn't. I don't think I appreciated them as much then as I do now. I think right now it's much funnier than it was. I think at the time, um, uh, of course, Sweaty Balls, huge, huge sketch, and the and the, uh, the Martha Stewart one where she's uh, topless or nude for right. while she's cooking is fantastic. I mean. And also, what was the one? What was the uh, duet she did with uh, when Maya's first season? They were like a Destiny's Child uh, takeoff with uh, oh. whoever the uh, yeah. Someone in the chat will get that for us. But that was like Gem- a t- Gemini's twin. Gemini yeah, twin, exactly. Yeah, I always enjoyed those two. And so she's very versatile. She's a phenomenal singer. Um, you know, great writer in her own part. And just you know, like, fifty-one impressions is really impressive, um, especially uh, for that era. And uh, yeah, I mean, she's super talented. Um, just not somebody who I think would be like my, my in my top 50. Interesting. Yeah. So look, I think that, like I said, I, I do think that as far as like looking at, is she one of the best cast members ever? Uh, I think that she was certainly made for sketch comedy. Uh, I think she's probably best suited for sitcoms like she's really good in american auto if you watch her um live sketch comedy there's probably like a few above her but i still think that she's definitely well deserved as far as like putting her on the show and putting her in those different sketches um and i do think that you know the the boom of her era as it continues to get better and better is the addition of people like Hannah Gasteyer and Tracy Morgan as they come and they start to fill out the rest of that cast so for me definitely checks that box as far as sketches are concerned she was in a ton of them. Like people loved writing for Anna Gasire. I heard that she was like one of people's favorite 
uh, cast members to write for at the time. Like I've heard that from writers who worked there. Um, 4.18 sketches per episode. That's good for 21st all time among cast members of 30 or more episodes. Like that's really high. 21 in the history of the show. Like she was in at least four sketches every single time you watched her. We talked about her impressions and that's clean to mention like, you know, like for women at the time, like Anna could do a lot of great impressions. I think I saw our friend Bill in the chat mention like that her Hillary impression is severely underrated because of, you know, what comes after it with Amy and Kate doing it. But like, that's one to definitely go back and take a look at. And then, it, you know, I, I think what really the diminishing factor here is legacy. Like, I just don't know that she has the legacy where people remember her as much as they could. And that's why she's underrated and probably uh, lower down on the list but probably gets that American auto boost from people who wanted to see her host. Like when Molly Shannon hosted last season, people were dying for Anna Gasteyer and really wanted to see her host the show. And truth be told, I would love to see what Anna Gasteyer could do on the show now in 2023 versus what she did at the time. Like this, this to me is like, I love seeing cast members at different stages of their lives on Saturday Night Live. To me, that would be fascinating to hear Dave just to like see all of the sketches now. 100% agree. I would totally welcome an Anna Gasteyer hosted episode uh, in season 49. That would be what a great idea. I would love to see that. Absolutely. Uh, Kalina, any final words on Anna Gasteyer in at 32? Yeah, I, th- I think when you uh, described, um, you know, like as, as the source of energy, I immediately was like, oh, you know, I always, I always found her to be really calm, not necessarily just because of her voice, but I do think of the Martha Stewart, or I think of something like Shweddy Balls. I also really love her in Family Dinner. Um, I think she's hilarious in that. She, to me, is always someone who's very disciplined in what she was doing when she was playing, um, you know, the straight man or the straight woman. And she was always just so, like, I feel like I don't really have recollections of her breaking very often. And so that puts her in a very specific category in my mind of the kind of performer that she is. And so she's just very reliable in what she's going to do. I think um, going along with legacy, it's interesting as well. Um, I do wonder if maybe as as we go over these rankings, if we do also consider their post SNL career and and what they did as actors or writers or performers, whether projects they were in had longevity or were successful. I know she's in American Auto right now. Um, but you know, maybe that's something to consider. Like I, I know her from some Broadway shows that she's done. Like I have songs of hers on my phone that I listen to from musicals she's done, you know? So I don't even necessarily exclusively tie her to SNL. So, um, I, I think she's great. I, I think she earns her place on the list, but whether it's particularly high or particularly low, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I don't take into account what they do after the show. Like to me, it is fascinating to watch people's careers because you know that that is part of the premise of our podcast. How it initially started is like we evaluate these people and then send them off to, into the world and see how they're going to succeed. That you know SNL becomes like the triple A of comedy, where you're going to see, and then the majors is is the movies or the TV shows. And it is interesting to always go back and look at them. But um, you know, if that was the case, then like Robert Downey Jr. would be really high up on the list right then we would look at that but we don't because we have to look at their careers on the show but i will take into account guest appearances hosting afterwards because i think that all factors in in terms of legacy at the show and we just haven't gotten that anna hosted episode so um you know that is a factor here and i think you're right by the way just to clarify that for the listeners i don't think that i would describe her as the ball of energy in her cast certainly when you have people like molly and sherry who were balls of energies and sketches she is more of a subtle performer but i think that when i say that it's more that i get so excited when i get to see anna gastire on screen because i like my energy 
Nikki rises because I know what she can do. And she does something that not a lot of other cast members do, which is being so strong in such a subtle way. So that's why I appreciate and admire Anna Gasteyer. All right. Well, listeners, I want to know what you think of Anna's place on the list. So I know it says 33 on the graphic, but it is 32 there. So just to make sure that we go uh, today, Seth at uh, 34, Daryl at 33, and Anna at 32. And then we got one more to reveal tonight. I'm very excited to get to talk about this next person. So Kalina and Dave, are you ready to talk about one of my favorite cast members of all time? This is somebody that we have spoken to on the show before. So get ready to talk about my man, Bobby Moynihan here at number 31 on the list. Very excited to talk about Bobby. I know that we have a lot of our podcasters. I know. <laughs> the best, the best. Uh, honestly, uh, I said I love talking to Daryl. It's just so fascinating. But just like in terms of pure fun, love getting to chat with Bobby Moynihan. He is one of us, like just absolutely loves SNL and would just be overjoyed to be celebrated at, you know, for his time at the show. So make sure to give him his props here. Uh, comes in at number 31, nine seasons on the show, 193 episodes, um, good for eighth all time, 770 sketches, 11th all time. I mean, he was in a lot of stuff, uh, 3.98 sketches per episode. That's 28th all time. So very interesting career, right? You know, runs from 2008 to 2017. This is a guy who really did blend multiple eras of the show. He joins and he's in this established cast of greats. And then he fits in so seamlessly. And then they all leave. And does Bobby take over that show at the point? Probably not. But I think he wins the fan award for favorite cast member to watch on screen almost every year that he's on the show. It's unbelievable how much, you know, like how likable of a guy he is. And I, I'm actually, I'm honestly surprised the fans didn't vote him even higher because how much people love Bobby Moynihan. So, uh, Kalina, I want to start with you this time. I want to know what you think of Bobby Moynihan here coming in at 31. God, I just love Bobby. I just love Bobby. He always just made me giggle and and smile anytime he was on screen. He had a, a similar to what is like the Keenan effect for me, where just once I see him appear, I just start laughing because I'm like, oh my god, what is he gonna do? What is he gonna do? What silly little voice is he gonna do? Or like, what little look is he gonna give to the camera? So he's so reliable for me in that sense. Um, I, I know we're going to get a little extensively later about, you know, some of his iconic moments and characters, but even in, in something, um, like I'm weirdly obsessed with the Gilly sketch from the Zac Efron episode from 2009 and Bobby's in that sketch. And he's so funny. Um, with broken arms. yes, with the broken arms and he, like, he's good for a physical gag. He's good for a look. He's good for impressions. He's good for a silly voice. Like he's, He's he's just a ball of joy and I feel like that always radiates when he's on screen. So I'm I'm so happy. I was so excited uh when I got the list to see that we were going to get to talk about him. Interesting to see him ranked here. I wonder if personally maybe I would have him a little higher, but then that might also feed into my era bias that I was trying to say that I don't do. So um I'm I'm excited for us to talk about him even more. All right, Dave, what do you think about Bobby's place here on the list? 31 I think it's pretty accurate. I think he's, you know, definitely top 50. I don't know how much higher than that I'd put him. Um, but he's, yeah, he has general joy at being on the show. Kind of like that Dana Carvey, Jimmy Fallon, Keenan energy, where just like he is having the time of his life and we're having fun because he's having fun. Uh, and, um, and he's even a little more uh, uh, tighter than Dana Carvey and um, 
Jimmy Fallon and Keenan in that respect where he's, he could be counted on to uh, just serve the sketch. And um, I love he, his fandom of the show is evident. I think my favorite Bobby Moynihan moment of all time is when uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt hosted the show and he did um, make him laugh or second Tana or what, one of those songs from, um, uh, boy, what that, that old musical. He, he did um, make him laugh from singing in the rain. Make him, he did make him laugh. Right. And he did, they didn't do a take on it. They just did, did the, did the song as a musical number, uh, with no, no satirical take on it whatsoever. And at one point he stops in the middle of the scene where he, uh, Bobby's playing himself and he says, Bobby, keep believe, I can't believe they let me do this like this. And Bobby says, yeah, me neither. As in like, nobody wants to see this. What are you doing? This is silly. Um, and it was one of my favorite Bobby moments of all time. And it's like, he was channeling us as an audience of like, this is weird. Let's just call that out. Can we just, can we just talk about that part? Um, but I loved so many things Bobby did. I always look forward to seeing him, especially in update. All of his update characters are fantastic. Um, and, uh, yeah, there wasn't a single thing that Bobby did in the show that ever disappointed me. I, I, I look forward to him every time he was on. Absolutely. Yeah, like it feels like if there were auditions to be an SNL cast member that were open to the public, like Bobby would have been first in line because this was his dream to be on the show and he got it and he loved every moment of it. And I could imagine just like the pressure that he felt as this being his dream to then be on the show and produce week after week. And he just had a fantastic career on the show. Like this guy was a total pro, comes in, has a lot of really fun characters. Look at that, 32 recurring characters he had during his time on the show like that's a very solid number definitely built into the vibe of like the the era that he was in like i said it's very difficult so many cast members have talked about like being that like person who joins on to an existing group of cast members an ensemble that is already there and then being that person that's added to it and how you fit in like he fit in so well like dave I, i you must know because you've been on stage so many times like when you have that chemistry with somebody and then you try and add an extra person into that it doesn't always work but it felt like bobby could have fit with anybody yeah, he's very versatile. I mean, he he's a really good actor. He's a really good singer. He's a really good dancer. And he's a really good comedian. And uh, that is that is a quadruple threat, my friends, uh, which makes a phenomenal sketch player. So I think he he his talents um, are uh, are outstanding uh, for what you would need to be a consummate sketch performer. So I think he would have been fine in any era. Um, and I think he did he did great in the era that he was in. He, uh, provided the kind of stability and solidness a sketch would need, but he also brought in tons of ridiculous characters at the same time. Um, so, uh, you know, a leader and a supporter at the same time uh, in any sketch he gave him. Yeah, and I think that, uh, like I said, made for the show, stats were pretty good. 3.98 sketches per episode, 28th all time. He was never, uh, he never led a season in sketch appearances. There were always people who uh, really like dominated a given episode of Saturday Night Live, but he was always like around or near the top, like either like, you know, third, fourth or fifth or something like that in those seasons. So just a great supporting role on the show and would lead sketches as well. So to me, he's just like has a very, very solid resume during his time on the show i think legacy is really interesting here where it's now going to be six years since he's left saturday night live uh seven years almost and um 
you know, at a certain point, we've been asking for it. Are we going to get a Bobby Moynihan hosted episode of the show? I think he's at the top of everybody's list of the guy that we want to see back. And the fanfare that came out last year where, you know, it was Halloween episode and Bobby Moynihan comes back as drunk uncle and to do David as pumpkins again. And it was like the whole world, the whole our whole SNL world just exploded in excitement for Bobby Moynihan. So it's like, you know, I think if we were doing this poll after he does finally host, which I'm sure that he will, I think he would probably zoom up that list a little bit more. So it, it's interesting, but we're talking about this right now before that. And Kalina, I would love to know from you any moments from Bobby's career that you would recommend the listeners go check out. Yeah, I mean, I mean, gosh, like classics are classics for a reason, you know, I mean, Drunk Uncle is the first thing that comes to mind. It's what's popped up in the chat a billion times. Like, I really do think people should rewatch the Gilly sketch from the Zac Efron episode from 2009. I think that's so funny. I, I One of the great things about Bobby is he was a great character actor in sketches, but he was also a great update player. And I think that versatility of being so good at both and always being excited to see um, who he was bringing to the table there. David S. Pumpkins, probably top 10 sketches of all time for me. I like, I, I am just so obsessed with it. Um, I, th- there's no bad moment. Like, but like, I, I think it was maybe Dave who said that earlier. Like there's, there's never been a time where he did not make me laugh. And I would also say that probably more than maybe any other cast member, he is probably the person whose like lines repeat the most in my head at random. Like I just, I, there's always a little Bobby Moynihan like in my head, just saying things. And I think that really says something for his legacy. Yeah. For me, it's Anthony Crispino where he's just going back and forth with Seth and uh, just how his like voice gets like so high when he's lying and stuff like that. And it, like, you know, uh, like <laughs> it's just, I can't even do it because I, I don't have that in me, but like, it's just uh, so wonderful to get to see him have that joy on screen. So, Dave, what about you? Any moments from Bobby's career that you want to make sure to mention to the listeners? Yeah, ask Dan from uh, those uh, festival mean. commercials were fantastic. Uh, yeah. I love the single ladies. His work in the single ladies video is fantastic. It's like surprising to see him in tights and heels and dancing that well with Beyonce. And he's just like, oh, this guy's got some huge, huge talent. Uh on top of what he's already been giving us. And um, the other part I really like that he did, I just wanted to mention in the, in the uh, oh, the Shucky Ducky in the, in the stand, in the Kings of Stand Up tour. Uh, that always brought a laugh uh, uh, to me as well. So many great moments. I, I love that you mentioned the single ladies video because he just had such a great story when he was on SNL stories with us, just talking about how that was so close to not happening and then it was going to happen and they were going to kick Bobby out of the sketch and Lauren was like, sorry, Bobby, you're out. But then he like, he sort of came up with the idea and he was just crushed. And then it ended up getting there and just blew up. And he just like, couldn't believe like, this is his life now. And to me, like that was the one of the most fun stories that we got to hear from him. So um, yeah, for me, uh, this is, you know, as far as placement is concerned, I, I sort of think that we're like in the right area for Bobby Moynihan over here. Um, perhaps like maybe a touch low, but I, I, I do think that this is, uh, interesting and will be fun to evaluate. So uh, in 2015, so two years before he left the show, Rolling Stone had him at 102. 
that is egregious to me. <laughs> Way too low. Um, just said he's an uncle and he's drunk and they talked about his Chris Christie impression, which, uh, yeah, th- this is just not, we're not there. Um, I think I forgot to say what Rolling Stone had Anna Gasteyer as. Anna Gasteyer had um, Anna at 33. We had her at 32. So that was you know closer. But this Bobby one, uh, oof. Yeah, not not even close. Uh, definitely well deserved, as Dave said in his top fifty. Um, here we have him just outside the top thirty. Kalina, for you, is he too high, too low, or just right? I think he's probably just right. Um, I, I would maybe think a little bit low, but I, I, I know that's also my bias. He was also the first time I ever went to New York in two thousand fourteen. He was the first cast member that I ever met. I didn't get to go to the show, but I waited outside 30 Rock, like just hoping to catch someone. And I got to meet him. And even then, I I think that was what, like six years into his run. And he was still so humble. Like I was basically just professing my love for what he does and how amazing he is. And he was like, oh, wow, really? Thanks. That's so nice. And I think like humbleness goes a long way with me too. And so Maybe because of that, I would put him a little bit higher, but he's he's probably about where he should be. All right, there you go. Bobby Monahan in at 31, and we have one more segment to do tonight. So every single week, I've been giving you the cast rankings. I've also been giving you my rankings. So here we go. I'm going to give them, and I always let our, our, we let our guests just rip me to shreds if they don't agree, but it's really fun to get to hear their thoughts on my rankings, and I'll explain my thoughts, then we'll get our guests' uh, two cents on it all. And then we'll also have you in the chat, let you know what you think about where I place these cast members. So I'm going to bring them up on screen and I'll explain my thought process here. So here we go. We have on the left side, we have 31 through 50. That's the ones that we've been revealing to you. On the right side, we have 1 through 20. So we'll go from the top to the bottom this time where... I put Daryl Hammond at number one here. I said last week I felt like Lovitz and Jane were in their own tier. I think Daryl is in that tier, if not above them, in the pantheon of the greats of all time. I think Daryl, for me, uh, he has the longevity. He has the the legacy. He probably won't be in my top 10 when all is said and done, or maybe right outside the top 15, but uh, probably just for the lack of characters and being extremely niche in what he did, but he has to get those points because of it. Then I got Lovitz and Jane Curtin. Uh, Beck Bennett for me at four. I know this was definitely controversial after we discussed this last week. But for me, I think Beck is, you just need to give him time. But he had just such a fantastic career on the show. Anna Gasteyer, I put in here at five so far. I think, you know, she starts, for me, uh, she was a little bit lower and then I pushed her back up. But I think she's really, really important to her era. And I, I think that, like, I have a reason to put anyone below her, below her. So for me, I put Anna at five. Parnell, then Kevin Nealon are there. That's where I place Bobby Moynihan, right under Kevin Nealon, above Taryn Killam. I think this is the right spot for me with Bobby right now. Um, you know, he only had a few years of really like being like dominating. He definitely fit well into that original cast. I would say if he had maybe come on the show a few years later and was on the show instead of 2008 to 17, let's say 2010 to 2019, I do think he goes up the list more just because those first couple of years he's still, uh, you know, not as you know highly regarded on the show as some of the other cast members that are there. Uh, Taryn and Jimmy come in at nine and 10. And here is Seth Myers. <laughs> Seth Myers, I put in at number 11. My biggest struggle with where to place him on the show. I, this is out of all 20 cast members. I did not know where to put him. It was a big, tough debate. He doesn't have the sketch chops 
in my opinion, of the people above him on the list. But as far as legacy is concerned and the longevity being so strong, he has everything that I feel would put him above the people below him on the list, which are Joe Piscopo, Sherry O'Terry, Mikey Day, Chevy Chase, Ego Wodum, Tracy Morgan, Bowen Yang, David Spate, and Marin Short here at 20. So, all right, give it to me. Dave, what do you think? Beck is too high. Anna is too high. Uh, Taryn Killam is too high. Uh, <laughs> Chevy, Chase should, Chevy Chase should not be on this list. Well, he's, uh, he has to be Marin on the no, he does not. He's one and a half seasons and nothing was really great about what he did. Go back and look at it. Uh, Martin Short's way too low. Come on. Ego is way too low. Martin Short was on the show uh, for one season. I still think about each of those sketches once a day. Uh, he put out so many classic mesmerizing characters that year, and I don't think he had a stinker among them. Every single sketch he did, I can still quote. 30 years later. Okay. And maybe that's because okay. that was like one of the first seasons I got turned on to SNL. And yes, Billy Crystal was putting out a lot more, but it's a lot more schlock uh, than anybody else at the same time too. But hit ratio, Martin Short, everything he did that season, instantly quotable. He should be way much higher on this list for that one season. All right. I, and, I mean, I'm sorry, Martin Short's one season versus Chevy Chase's one and a half season. You got Chevy Chase ranked above it that's that's silly well that is a silly well, let me just say is because if chevy chase had his one and a half season in let's say season 17 and it was 17 through the beginning of 18 i think you're right but i think the fact that chevy chase basically kicks off the show in the way that he does and dominates for those thir- first 30 episodes somebody had to some, somebody had to but he did so we're not talking about what would have happened we're talking about what actually did happen and in that case we have to credit Chevy for that. So uh, that's where I would disagree with you. Um, but, you know, some people... Pair Chevy, with, pair Chevy with any other sketch member. Like, oh, remember that scene with Chevy and... Can't do it. Can't do it. Okay. There's no good, there's no good two-hander with, che- with Chevy in it. Tell you that. Uh, all right. Well, that's that's definitely a reason why he's 15 out of 20 for me. I mean, he just doesn't doesn't have that. But yeah, anyways, look, Dave, I love the passion. That's what we're here for. So uh, I'm sure plenty of listeners will agree with you as well. Kalina, are you going to go as hard at me as Dave did? I will say that your list gave me a migraine immediately. Um, this is wild. So many things about this are wild. I <laughs> love Beck Bennett, but he is so high and 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 does not need to be. I'm giving consideration for how your list overall is going to evolve, like as the weeks pass and, and we yeah, we're only through twenty. And I know, and yet you know, look what you've done already with just so many. Um, I love Jimmy Fallon, but he is so high on your list, and Jimmy above Seth is criminal to me. Um, because okay, I'm not going to go down that route, Agreed. but I, I, <laughs> I well, think the that problem, snap, snap. Yeah, but the problem here is that Jimmy did, was still in sketches while he was an update anchor. So like Jimmy's still like, again, like, like Seth probably has like, like he's doing more behind the scenes than Jimmy Fallon, but Jimmy Fallon is, is all over the show. So it's, it's tough to then say, okay, I'm going to credit Seth as a great over Jimmy when Jimmy, like you, you're not always seeing him an update, right? Okay, but what like if we really think about it, and I'm saying this as someone who who is a big fan of Fallon, was Jimmy really like 
an amazing performer or was he just the cute funny guy who broke and made everyone laugh you know like if we're really ranking him in terms of like true skill and talent and discipline like all these other qualifiers that we've talked about being like the midway point through your list um is very interesting now that we've talked about anna and seeing her placement i do think she's high on your list i would i would probably put her lower I assumed you would have Seth as number four out of all of them. I assumed Daryl would be your number one. So not all of this is surprising. Taryn is high as well. Um, I loved Taryn while he was on the show. But to be honest, I like rarely think about him in, in, in the era that he was in. He's probably like low on the people I think of. Bowen Yang is so low. I, I don't remember if you maybe don't like Bowen as much as I no, do. No, I love Bowen. I love Bowen, but, but for only me. four years on the show and he's still going, right? Yeah, but like, look at what he's done with the four years. I, ooh, mm, okay. Um, and then, yeah, I agree. I, I think Martin Short is, is way too low on this list. I would do, I would do a lot of reshuffling. But you know what, John? Um, okay, that's fine. This is, this is great. I validate I this, you. I validate your opinions, even if they're wrong. That's okay. That's okay, right? Well, first of all, like I said, uh, the list is fluid. I mean, I, I can make changes, right? I could always do that as we keep going because if things keep shuffling. I switched up Kevin Nealon and I Heron Killam. Like I, I could make changes based on people's recommendations. But look, this is what I had right now. And I just want to give my purpose for doing this segment is that I want to give all the listeners just a sample of a list that is one of many lists that we got to ultimately put together these rankings because you may feel so differently than John does but your vote counts too. So when we add up the entire SNL community and how they feel, that's how we get these cast rankings. So uh, you can argue all you want, but all together, this is what people, this is how people felt about it. So Dave, you want to jump in? How many submissions did, did you get? A, lo- a lot, like thousands. <laughs> so we're, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah we're, we're, that's fantastic. Yeah, we're, we're dealing with uh, like high numbers here. So we're talking about uh, a ton, a ton of people who wrote in different cast members for this list. And just to, all together, cool. I'm, I'm very, very proud of what we're doing here. Uh, you may disagree, but at the end of the day, we will look back when we get to the 50 how you feel about my 50 as well as the cast 50 ultimately. And we will be doing that. We'll be continuing this list next Thursday night, so 10 days from now, where we're finally in to the top 30, the top 30 cast members of all time as voted by you. So we're going to be revealing three cast members a week every Thursday night until we get to our final three cast members. So the next 10 weeks are going to be very exciting. And this was an absolute blast having you both on the show with me, as well as everybody in the chat. So much fun to get to do this each and every week. Kalina, thank you for joining us. Do you, would you like to plug anything to the listeners? Honestly, no. I've had social media deleted off my phone all summer, so I don't have anything to plug. But I'm really happy to be here. And uh, maybe, maybe I'll re-download once the season starts so I could be more engaging. Absolutely. Well, we're going to see you on a hot take show coming up soon. So I'm excited to get to talk to you again, uh, Kalina, as uh, your your room is slowly faded into darkness throughout the podcast. So uh, great to have you on with us. Uh, Dave, thank you for joining us. I love your passion. I love all the takes you bring to us. And you're such a valued resource in this community. So I appreciate you, buddy. Uh, could please tell the listeners where they can check out everything you got going on and what's up with the theater. Uh, I'll plug, uh, first I'll plug the SNL Hall of Fame podcast where I sat down for an hour with Thomas Senna talking about Chris Parnell. My uh, number 30 something in your list and number uh, one in my heart. Uh, 
Is that Chris Purnell? And I'll also plug Cold Town Theater. We're uh, just signed for two more years. We've got Austin Sketchfest coming up uh, in 2024. So look out for how to submit to that, as well as we've got um, uh, uh, Seth Myers's old comedy partner, Jill Benjamin, coming to Cold Town uh, in the beginning of November. And uh, um, more surprises coming down the road for next year. We've got some big names coming uh, to Cold Town Theater. So come, come down to Austin, check us out. Very exciting. Sketch and stand up. Yeah, very, very exciting. And Dave, I can't wait to back you, have you back on during season 49 so we can talk about some sketches. That'll be, uh, yeah, be a lot of fun. So make sure to join us on Wednesday night as we preview season 49. We're going to kick off our coverage for the season on Wednesday, talk about all the new things that are coming up. Thursday night, we got our draft, which is always really fun. We'll go through each cast member and draft them, and people will uh, vouch for why they deserve to be on their teams. And then Saturday night, hot take show, just a few days away from the Pete Davidson and Ice Spice premiere of season 49 snl's back and we're so excited to be back here with you so make sure to follow us on social media facebook twitter instagram tiktok at the snl network you can subscribe to the podcast on youtube apple Podcasts, and spotify turn on those notifications to find out when we go live so you don't miss any of the shows we got coming up all right everybody my name is john schneider from the saturday night network we will see you next time have a good one